Hello and welcome to the Afterburners podcast. I'm your host Samuel Oni and this is episode 27. With me online today is Wes Spearman. Wes, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I had a bit of a chill week actually. Nothing, not quite as crazy, Not no travelling like it has been the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Very good, very good. Um, just excited that Formula One is back again. Another weekend is upon us. So, we've got a lot to get through in this episode. Turkish Grand Prix this weekend, and um, well, well, where do we start? <laughs> I want to take your mind back to last year, bearing in mind that I have no recollection of what happened last year, <laughs> other than, other than, other than Lewis Hamilton claiming his, what was his seventh driver's championship. So if your if your memory serves you well, what do you remember from there? Because I I just remember that moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is mostly obviously that that moment Lewis crossing like somehow winning. Did he win the race? I think I'm pretty. Yeah, he did win the race, didn't he? Somehow, in this crazy, it was just crazy. I don't think there's another <laughs> word that can describe it better than just crazy. I mean, for starters, you had Lance Stroll on pole. On oh, that was huge. Yeah. That was big. You had, you had Bottas doing about six um, spins throughout the duration of the race because it was so wet. Um, they'd laid down, I think, new asphalt as well. So the track wasn't as rubbered in or as used, so it wasn't as grippy, which is hence why when the rain came, everyone just struggled so much for grip, even on the wets and the inters. You had, oh, it was it Leclerc or Vettel sort of just going slow on the last few corners to allow the other Ferrari. I think it was... Leclerc, who spun out or went slow to allow Vettel to come through for, for a first podium in quite a while. Yeah, was it Perez in second? I think I'm not sure. I can't remember the exact standings, but it was just a crazy, crazy race. And yeah, it, it, it looks like it, we might be in for a similar sort of story because it's supposed to be, again, similar conditions to last year. This weekend, it's supposed to be rain, it's supposed to be cloudy, heavy so rain. I mean, we had a wet rain. I'm not too sure. I think I think it will rain. I don't know how heavy. I mean, obviously not too heavy. We don't want another spa situation at all. Yeah. But I mean, if we can have something like Sochi, where it was dry for most of it, and then literally the last ten minutes or so, it just decided to <laughs> decided to chuck it down, then yeah, great. <laughs> we have a crazy finish again. Hopefully, it works out better for for Norris <laughs> this time. Yeah. And um, yeah, just hope. Hopefully, we have another good race out in Turkey. Yeah. And um, Turkish Grand Prix, obviously, um, the rookies, Yuki Sonoda, Mazpin and Schumacher will be racing at the Istanbul circuit for the first time this year, as it wasn't on there last year. And other than that, it's just the regular. It's just normal for the for the other drivers. Well, what are your predictions for the race? Predictions? Oh, I, that's, that's a tough question, because if it was dry, I think it would be a lot easier. But because it's supposed to be wet, it could shake things up a bit. So we could see, say, Norris on pole again. <laughs> Perhaps we could see, <laughs> we could see Fernando Alonso <laughs> come up the grid. We could see one of the Ferraris get pole to win or something. Um, ah, prediction, prediction, prediction. Pole. Oh, that's a. This is tough, actually. Assuming I'm assuming it's going to be a wet race. These are my sort of wet race. <laughs> yeah. Should we, should we go on that? Go going on yeah, the assumption I think so. that it's I think a wet it is, race. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Charles Leclerc pole. Okay. 
it's a bold call. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a good driver. He's not been at his best this season, I don't think. Um, he's, I think he's only just a couple points ahead of Carlos Sainz. I can't remember what I said last week. But he's, he's, he's a quality driver and he, he's going to bounce back at some point, I think. And I don't see any reason why it can't be Turkey um, in the wet as well. I mean, Carlos Sainz got podium last week out in, in uh, I was going to say Spa, not Spa, Sochi. <laughs> begins with an S, same thing. Um, again, in the wet, as I say, in the Ferrari. So I'm going to go to Claire Pole. I'm going to go Max Verstappen to win the race. Okay. Um, to hopefully close down the gap in the championship. It will retake the lead in the championship if he does win and Lewis. I mean, even if Lewis comes second, then Verstappen will still leapfrog him, essentially. Um, I think Verstappen's just a class driver. In the well, in the in the rain, in the dry, he's just a brilliant, brilliant driver. But again, in the in the wet, I think he's one of the best on the grid in in changeable conditions. Driver of the day, lottery <laughs> again. Um, I don't it's think any of one. us have got. Is, yeah, I don't think any of us have got a driver of the day right <laughs> this year. No. Um, let's go for Sergio Perez. Yeah, okay. he had a decent out in there last uh, last year. He's not out of the best of times around with, with Red Bull this year, but again, another driver who I think is... Is he underrated? Is he overrated? I'm not too sure, actually. But I just think he's another solid driver, not the best driver on the grid. Um, yeah. Again, I think he's he's solid in, in changeable conditions, as he showed last year. So, yeah, I'm going... I can't remember now. <laughs> Leclerc, the pole, the Stappen for win, and, and Perez for the driver of the day. Okay. That's that's a good one. Um, I, think I, I think my one is going to be rather... Drastic, especially with my pole. Schumacher, <laughs> pole position. <laughs> you won't believe it, but are you ready? I'm ready for it. Come on, let's Alpha, do it. Alpha Tari's Pierre Gasly for pole position. You, you know what? That's not a bad shout, genuinely. <laughs> if it's a wet race, if it's a wet race, not a bad shout at all. Um, <laughs> again, another driver who has who has been quiet this season. He's had, yeah, he's been, yeah, he's been quiet this season. But I think in in a wet race, he, I think he can do wonders. He won't, he won't win the race, obviously, but he could be on pole position in a wet race. So yeah, Pierre Gasly, race winner. I think Max Verstappen. He's just, he's just dominant. Well, he's just been really impressive this season. I think. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how else to describe him impressive race wins like incredible overtaking techniques like i don't know what maybe maybe him and perez have this tactics i don't know starting at the back of the grid and whatnot but yeah really good and then drive of the day which is a it is a tough one so um I'm just going to go random. I'll go random and pick, I don't know, Fernando Alonso in the Alpine. Yeah. So pole position, Pierre Gasly, which is a drastic choice. But given given the race, you know what? Why not? Uh, Max Verstappen, race win. And Fernando Alonso for driver today. And um, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We've just gone so out there, but... It's a wet race, or supposed to be a wet race, so you sort of have to, in a way. Don't you? Yeah. Because <laughs> if it was a drive, we'd be like, oh, Lewis, Verstappen. <laughs> and then I get well, why it's just I lottery for drivers. The, anyway. <laughs> the thing about wet races this season, it's a chance for drivers that you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't always pick out. Mm. It's a chance for them to really like 
you know, pull something out of the bag. Because you're let's be honest, you're not gonna see a George Russell or Fernando Alonso win race after race after race. Maybe if he maybe if he was in a good car, Sebastian Vettel, but yeah. other than yeah. that, you're not gonna really see any of those. But yeah. so yeah, I, I mean, think wet races give them the opportunity. Yeah, well we've seen this year with Russell has been exceptional on on a wet track. I mean, he was second in sparring in qualifying, obviously the race as well. Got a point out in Sochi. Got points in Monza when it was dry as well. So he's got as most he's got as many points as Perez has in the last what six seven races, sixteen points. So again, it's another opportunity for Williams. I think they'll be looking at, at, at this weekend. Say, oh, it's it's going to be wet. Well, perhaps well wetter than Sochi. It's not going to be a dry race for for most of it. So it's another opportunity for them to score points, maybe double points as well. Um, that because we know how good Russell is in, in wet conditions. As I say, we saw that as far. So yeah, it's another massive opportunity for the midfield teams, the sort of back back markers, if you like, your Alpha Tauris, Alpha Romeos, Williams, potentially Haas, but I don't see them getting any points yeah. because their car is just so dreadful. Two rookies as well doesn't help. Yeah, it's, it's another huge opportunity. Indeed. Well, they're sitting in seventh. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I'm just looking forward to this weekend. Fingers crossed it's a wet race <laughs> and fingers crossed we get some more a, a, a shaked up <laughs> sort of grid in the shaped up race as well. Yeah. And um, on Williams, before we move on to the quiz, just I want to ask you again, which I, I've probably asked you this before a ton of times, who who's going to finish higher, Williams or Alpha, Alpha Romeo? That's a good question. I think... Williams are just ahead of Alfa Romeo now, I think. I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure they are, actually, because Williams has got 20-odd points, I think, 20-something. Mm. Um, I can't remember if they're 8th or ninth now, Williams. I think they're 8th. But it, I suppose it just depends on how the rest of the season pans out, really, because over the last, what, three races are all in the Middle East where it will be bone dry and not a drop of rain in sight. So I think Alfa Romeo might just have the edge in those last few races but again I think I don't think Alfa Romeo will score points in the last few races either because obviously every everyone else in the midfield will be better in the dry than yeah. I think Alfa Romeo will be so Alfa Romeo have got a better car I don't think that's debatable really <laughs> okay I think it just depends on just the conditions yeah. really if we get a couple more wet races if we see Russell and uh, Latifi um, use that to their advantage and Giovinazzi and Michael don't then we could potentially see Williams finish eighth. Um, I don't think they'll finish seventh. I think Aston Martin are just better than Williams at the moment. Yeah, it could be a real battle between again Alf, Alfa Romeo and, and Williams, the two two of the three backmarkers. Let's face it, because I mean Haas is easily beatable, and then you've just got the next two Williams and Alfa Romeo are pretty close. Um, I think Alfa Romeo again are slightly better, but points wise i think williams are, are ahead i will have to check that of course. yeah um it's going to be really really close and if we get races like a wet race in brazil for example or a wet race in the states it could really really make things a bit of a battle a bit of a scrap for that for that eighth spot in the control i know it's not much i mean people listening like oh why are we chatting about eighth place but it's williams it's a team that's been at the front they've gone down to the back and now they're fighting again um to be back at the front of the green same with sal but they've been a solid midfield team they're now at the back of the grid it's two historical teams really fighting to get back up to, to where they once were and it's, it's brilliant to see 
<laughs> the two teams just battling it out. Yes, it's a great place, but they're fighting it out, and, it, and it's just brilliant. Again, I know most of the focus is on like oh, it's Hamilton, it's Verstappen, it's Mercedes, Red Bull, etc. But for us F1 fans, we as back markers, there's individual drivers looking to move to different teams, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think if I had to put something, I think Williams will just edge out. Alfa Romeo. I know I've rambled on a little bit there, got yeah. a bit off topic, but I think Williams will just edge out uh, Alfa Romeo in the constructors this year. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top to claim that eighth spot with seven races to go. And um, Turkey this weekend, there's nothing quite like a Turkey Grand Prix quiz to, you know, just have a little fun. So I believe you've got a quiz for us. Yes, I do. It's a fairly, it's a fairly short quiz, um, but there have been, I can't remember, eight races <laughs> in Turkey, eight races, and there's eight different drivers who have won Grand Prix. Oh, well, there's, there's eight answers. There's eight different race winners. So who has won the Turkish Grand Prix Okay, is your question. <laughs> and yeah, from 2005 to 2011, and then, of course, last year as well. Okay. So there right. might be a few older drivers on here, but um, yeah. So can I answer them now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay. Okay. So um, last year was Lewis Hamilton, obviously. Yeah. It was. He also won in twenty ten. Oh wow! That I did not. Twenty ten. That I did not know. Um, Sebastian Vettel. Vettel. Yeah, twenty eleven. Um, Paul Deresta. I don't think so. So no, no, Paul Deresta. Juan Pablo. I think his name is Juan Pablo Montoya. Montoya. Yeah, Montoya. No, no Montoya. Alonso. Got to be Alonso. Nope. Really? No Alonso. Two thousand and five. <laughs> no Alonso. No, it wasn't Alonso. Wow. Well, there's there's five races to go. Oh five to oh nine. Yeah. Three of them were won by one driver. So you're looking for three drivers in five years. One of them is still racing in Formula One. Reckon it. Kimmy Raikkonen. Yes, Kim, Kimmy Raikkonen was 2005. Oh. And the next three, so 06, 07, and 08, were all won by the same driver. Probably most famous for racing for Ferrari. Massa, Felipe Massa. Felipe Massa, yeah, correct. 06, 07, 08, and then 09. Oh, I don't know how to give you a clue without giving it away. <laughs> um, but again, another driver who's been in Formula 1, or was in Formula 1, he retired a few years ago. But seen the clue like Toyota, Honda. I think he raced for no, I don't think he raced for, for Toyota actually. Um, definitely, definitely Honda. BAR, I think as well. Um, won his first Grand Prix in Hungary. Um, one-time world champion. In in the year he won this Grand Prix as well, two thousand nine. Jensen Button. Yes, correct. Jensen Button, Braun GP, iconic car. That's yeah. good. Short and simple, where you've got Raikkonen in 05, Massa 06, 07, 08, Button 09, Hamilton 10 and 20, and Vettel 2011. And who's it going to be? Will there, will there be another driver added to that list this year? Who knows? Or will, Hamilton, or will Hamilton win it for a third time? Exactly, yeah. Draw level with Massa. Wow. wins at the Turkish Grand Prix. Ever so exciting, the Turkish Grand Prix. <laughs> now, yeah, it's, another it's a thing. brilliant track, I think, Turkey. Yeah. Another thing that's been up in the news of F F one is the is um the number of races that will be in the Formula One season. So like for example, this season, correct me if I'm wrong, was supposed to be 
21 races, but a few Grand Prix have dropped out due to coronavirus. Seeing the likes of Japan, Singapore, uh, what else? Canada. Canada, Canada, Australia. Australia. There's been quite a few that have dropped out. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, which... Turkey, Turkey was supposed to be on there originally, then it dropped out, and now it's back. Yeah. <laughs> which, which kind of like begs the like it, it puts the question in there: how many how many races should there be in a Formula One season, and how many races will there be? So we know, I mean, we know next year now that there will be twenty three races in an F one season, as confirmed by. CEO Stefano Domenziali. What do you think of that? Do you think what's your what, what do you think of it? 23 races next season. It is quite a lot compared to what we've been used to. Um, I suppose because we used to we, I suppose we're used to around around sort of 20 races uh in, in the year. I mean this year I think it was supposed to be 23 initially, um, but it's gone back down to 22 because of, as you say, coronavirus. But it is a lot of racing because 23 races, well, that's 23 weeks. There's only 52 weeks in a year. So these guys are going to be away from, from family um, and friends for this over half the year, pretty much, which is, um, well, no, my maths is completely wrong now. <laughs> Nearly half the year, just under half the year, um, which, which is a lot, especially if there's like double headers. I mean, triple, we've got a triple header coming up in, in a few weeks where they go USA, Brazil, Qatar. That's three different continents in three weeks, which is tough, incredibly tough. <laughs> um, Imagine getting all those tyres and the Formula One personnel, yeah, all of that, from <laughs> South America to the Middle East. That's a lot, like you yeah, said. It's, it's insane. It's insane. And the workload it puts on, you know, not just the drivers, not just engineers, but everyone involved, whether they're just like making the tees or making catering for the teams or whatever yeah. it's, it's people like that who have to again travel with the teams and it's just it's the, 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 the logistics of formula one is just incredible because if it was a triple header in europe for example if it was like say spa monza paul ricard something like that for example then it would be not easy but fairly manageable comparatively manageable yeah compared to going United States, Austin, Texas, to Brasilia, to Doha in Qatar. It's just ridiculous. The amount of, yeah, yeah, it's it's still three races in three weeks, but the amount of distance travelled is, I mean, it's just so much more. I can't do, I don't know the maths in my head, but it's just a ridiculous amount um, of work and effort and time that, I mean, it's different time zones as well, which will have an effect on... Mm -hmm all the staff sort of mentally just sort of adjusting to different time zones week, week in, week out. It's just a, an enormous effort and hats off to everyone for doing that because it's just incredible that it can be done in, in this day and age. But going forward, I don't think that should um, happen. 23 races, I think, is manageable. Um, if, we have, if we don't have any triple headers, like, for example, this one <laughs> coming up soon, if, if they're not traveling, a triple header in Europe, I think, as you say, would be manageable. But if there's a triple header, again, like this one, for example, North America, South America, Middle East, I don't think that should happen going forward realistically because it's just 
so tough logistically and yes it can be done but the amount of stress that all the staff will be put under is will, will just be too much and it'll break a few people i imagine yeah it might get easier in the future because coronavirus won't be as severe um and there won't be quarantines and stuff but it's still a lot of work and a lot of traveling i mean i've i've struggled going up to leeds and back or newcastle and back five six hours on the train that's tricky but for these guys they're doing it five six hours on a plane all over different continents different time zones it's with the amount of just stuff really cars tires um, engines gearboxes etc etc list is almost endless the amount of things they have to bring with them it's just insane the amount of work that, that they do and as i say fair play to them for, for doing it but people need to be looked after they're not robots they mm. can't do things like that every week you have to look after not again not just the drivers but engineers mechanics designers etc etc they just yeah. have to be looked after and i think 23 races yes it is a lot but if if done well and if managed right, then I don't see any reason why it can't go ahead for 2022. And if, if the drivers want it, if the teams want it, if the staff want it, then yeah, great, let's do it. But I just don't want it to be another triple header situation like we have now. Mm. That, will, that will just prove too much for, for drivers, teams, staff, etc. going on um, over the next few years. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you think? Because I, I, I saw you put a tweet out actually saying oh, it's, it's too much. What are your thoughts on it? it? I mean, 23 races is a lot. And personally, if you have seen my tweet, I did say it's too much and I stand by it. It's too much purely because of the travel, like purely because of traveling. And it takes a lot of mental strength as opposed to physical, but particularly mental strength to, you know, go from one country, one continent to another. And um, it just, like you said, the, dri the drivers will be mentally drained, the F1 personnel, hospitality staff for everyone. And um, I don't know, it kind of questions whether Formula One, the leadership team, did they think about this thoroughly, taking all these things into consideration? I mean, as fans, yes, we want more racing. We want more racing, but at the end of the day, these are people the drivers, personnel, everybody putting their stuff on the line to, you know, bring like the fun and excitement to us. But yeah, I just think 23 races is a bit too much. 20 races, I think, is the benchmark. You shouldn't go more than 20 races. I mean, you could go less. I think 80, 15, 18 races is, is more than enough. 20, again, it's more than enough. But 23 races, I think, is just going to be a bit too much. So. Yeah, that's about it for me. And one of those 23 races for next year will be Qatar, which has been added to replace Australia for this year. And uh, Qatar is Qatar, one of the countries in the Middle East. What do you think about it? Good move for Qatar um, to be on the grid this year? I'm really not sure, genuinely. Because um, it's at the Losail. Lossale, yeah. circuit, something like that yeah um which i think is currently used for moto gp yeah racing similar to magello in in that aspect because magello primarily a, a a motor cycle circuit really um and it proved to be okay and terrible either so track wise um i was, before we started recording i watched like a, a virtual 
hot lap um, of the track and it looked i mean it looked okay sort of similar-ish to bahrain um just one thing the... sorry has formula one ever raced in qatar before before today no they haven't no oh, okay it'll be the first time they'll race in qatar okay but yeah i don't think there's that many opportunities for overtaking there's a lot of not necessarily slow speed corners but not high speeds well, medium speed i suppose um but there aren't many really sort of heavy braking zones like see for i can't remember <laughs> like a good track road say like monza for example going into the sort of chicane on, on the on the pit straight which are your opportunities to overtake i, don't, I didn't really see many of many of this it's, it's similar to the Jeddah circuit where yes it is quite fast but can you really overtake around a high-speed corner? Not really, because you're in so much dirty air. If you go outside, yes, you'll be going faster, but you'll be travelling so much further that there's just no point because it's not the racing line. It's not the quickest way to go around. But um, disregarding the track just for a second, is it right morally for Formula One to go racing in Qatar? It's the richest country on earth per capita. With over like I think it's over $100,000 per person. Wow. Um, primarily because of oil um as you see with a lot of countries in, in the arabian gulf and um, the arabian peninsula but morally just is it right we, we had a race in or we're racing in saudi arabia as well this year we're racing in bahrain we're racing we're racing in the uae these are country with not great to be polite <laughs> human yeah. rights records yeah the formula wide last year began the, the we races one initiative or slogan if you like but that slogan is just becoming more and more meaningless with the tracks that these guys are racing in. And there was supposed to be a race in Vietnam, as I say, Saudi Arabia this year. Yes, Formula E's been there. Again, UAE is only really there for sponsorship, money, <laughs> etc. Um, Bahrain, similar situation. Qatar, I'm sure, will be a similar situation as well. But I suppose you have to give countries like this a chance to prove themselves on the world stage i suppose yeah so oh look how good we are but at the same time that could also be a distraction from what's actually happening uh, happening inside those countries for example in the formula e race was it early this year last year soon after the race there was i think an attack of some sort um going on where someone was shot down in the air or something like that so <laughs> i'm not saying anything like that that's going to happen in qatar or, or this year in saudi arabia but is is drawing attention away from the fact that these countries, I mean, if there's, hypothetically speaking, well, we're going back to the Olympics, um, mm. actually, where Tom Daly wouldn't have been welcome in the country. I can't, where were the Olympics this year? I, can't, I worked on them. I can't remember where they were. Uh, Japan, <laughs> um, Tokyo. Um, a lot of the countries that were competing, Tom Daly wouldn't be welcome in their teams because, simply because he's, he's gay. If there is a gay driver on the grid, I mean, there might be, who knows? They wouldn't be welcoming in these countries. And someone like, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I hope Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton as well did what they did in Hungary or do, do what they did in Hungary, sharing messages of, or like wearing the rainbow shirt, something as simple as that, just to get the message out to the people in these countries that, it's wrong to prosecute people and essentially kill people for, for just being who they are. Yeah. F1, by going to those tracks, is sort of is completely disregarding their statement of we race as one. Because how can you say we race as one and yet go to race in countries which 
um, abuse women's rights or have no women's rights or virtually no women's rights. They um, prosecute people who well, speak freely um, against the government, things like that, um, politics, etc. To are of the LGBTQ plus community. They prosecute people of that, kill them, torture them, whatever. How can you say we race is one when you go to places that do that to mm. just ordinary human beings? It's completely wrong uh, in my view. And yes, there have been issues with like Azerbaijan, for example. Russia hasn't been great with human rights either. Um, Brazil with Bolsonaro as, as the president completely disregarded coronavirus or the hoax, that sort of stuff. Um, so you could say that for quite a few F1 tracks, but Arabia is not the best, <laughs> again, to put yeah. it politely in terms of human rights. So should F1 be racing there? No. No, in my is opinion. the answer. Yeah. Um, and by adding another race there for 10 years as well, That's it's a long got time. this one race this year. Exactly. It's te- yeah. We could see sort of two different eras of Formula One in that time. So it's not just a one and done thing this year. It's not just it being and then Australia will be back next year. It's a 10-year contract. It's a 10-year deal for Qatar to host a Grand Prix. I'm, yeah, it's just not right in my view. And I'll, I'll shut up to try and keep it. <laughs> We've still got a few more things to get through. What are yeah, your thoughts? I mean, I agree with everything you've said. It, I mean, it comes down to it morally. Should Formula One be racing in a country where they don't have a good human rights you know status and yeah it just falls into question and um, well Qatar's going to be there this season and then 10 years on from uh, 2023 but um yeah we can only talk about it and yeah we'll see how it goes now another thing in F1 sustainable fuels I don't know a lot about this but Fuels have been a problem for the country in the UK. And um, again, it's uh, in Formula One as well. Wes, do you know anything about this? Do you want to shed some light on it? A little bit, yeah. So I think it was announced, I can't remember if it was today or yesterday. Um, but F1, uh, I know it sounds a bit silly that motor racing is looking to be more eco-friendly because surely the whole point of motorsport is, is to burn fuel. Um, but anyway, F1 is looking to be more uh sustainable um i mean the fuel they're using now isn't as eco-friendly as it could be um for example so for next year they're moving to um what's called an e10 uh fuel so it's 90 percent fossil fuel so your petrol essentially and then 10 percent ethanol um which is at, which is actually being used in the uk at the moment it was recently um, introduced which is no good for my car because i drive an older car so mm-hmm. which essentially which e10 can damage the engine or damage the fuel hoses because it's got too much ethanol in it which erodes away but that obviously won't be a problem for, for modern f1 cars um but it's producing the same amount of power gives the same amount of power to the engine um it's slightly just slightly more eco-friendly slightly less harm or harmful um, on emissions because it's got that little bit more ethanol in it essentially yeah um, rather than your fuel, rather than your fossil fuels um but what what they're looking to do is, is essentially create well, first thing, they're aiming to create a new generation of power unit by 2025. Um, and they want to be powered by a completely sustainable, what they're calling a drop-in fuel 
which I'm not exactly sure, sure what that means, uh, to be quite honest. And they want to be net carbon neutral by 2030, which I mean, they, they take in as much carbon as they, as they let out. So, um, yeah, as, as I say, 2022, they'll move to the E10 um, fuel, but then they'll develop new engines. And well, obviously, in the name of sustainability, try and be more sustainable. Um, but also develop this new drop in fuel and whether that's going to see a move to sort of biofuels, plant-based fuels, which which do exist now. Um, I think that'd be quite interesting to see if they do move to sort of biofuels because they can't really, they can't move to full electric because obviously that's that's Formula E's business. <laughs> yeah. But I, w- I would be interested to see um, a sort of biofuel, plant-based fuel in Formula 1 because it shows that motorsport can be sustainable and biofuels pretty much produce the same power as your regular petrol it's just it's harder to come by because mm-hmm. there isn't as much of it now not as much work has been done on biofuels but i don't see any reason why work can't speed up on that same with sort of hydrogen uh, in some aspect which the only emissions you get from hydrogen and a hydrogen fuel cell car is water there's no emissions whatsoever yeah i don't see why formula one can't become more sustainable. I know it's again. It sounds a bit weird. Our motorsport becoming sustainable. Are trying to burn less fuel when they're racing all over the world. They're traveling all over the world in jets and stuff, and using lorries and trains and what have you to to get to places. But yeah. if they can be a bit more sustainable, then why not? I don't see any bad thing that can come from sustainability. Um, it's what we want, isn't it? For the exactly, world yeah. to be sustainable, for the sport to be sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. I mean moving to e10 won't do much really next year but it's what comes after after 2025 when they develop these new power units that can run on uh, more sustainable uh, fuels if they do use biofuels then yeah why not let's let's go for it because it, i don't it won't harm the racing really i don't think because if the starters all the cars will be running on the same petrol or same fuel so <laughs> what, what difference is that going to make really um people would be worried about well, the, the sounds that f1 cars make but this is the sound of, of modern f1 yeah it's not as good as your v12s your v10s your v8s what have you but they're just they're sadly a thing of the past now we've got to move with the times we've got to be more sustainable so i don't see any reason why f1 can't do that yeah i agree with you and um right just lastly before we finish off your top five or ten but in this case five moments of the f1 season so far ranking so do you want to go how do you want to do this do you just want to let's let's, let's start let's start fifth to first let's go forward forwards yeah. <laughs> essentially from least best to best moment of the season <laughs> right so i couldn't get i couldn't get a fifth one <laughs> because i was i was stuck between two the schumacher name back in is back in formula one for the first time in five five nine years there was that, or Toto Wolf's email to Michel Massey, Michael Massey, <laughs> in the um, during the controversial British Grand Prix. So I thought one of those two would be was a quite a yeah, that was the moment. Um, as of which one is number five, I, I don't know. I'll leave that to I'll leave that to anyone that's watching this, <laughs> listening to this. Um, yeah, what about you? What, what's your fifth? Fifth. Yeah. Um, I've just got loads and loads of different sort of key points of the scene just going through my head now. Um, okay. I'm just trying to think, oh, what order could I put them in? I reckon it could be Norris Pole 
for fifth, his first pole in, in Sochi. Yes, he didn't get the win, but oh yeah, McLaren on, on pole for, I'm going to say the first time in a while, but they got pole in Monza, didn't they? <laughs> or did Verstappen get pole in Monza? I can't remember now. Um, yeah, Lando Norris's first pole will be my, my fifth place. Okay. Oh, yeah, that is, oh, that is a shame, isn't it? Not not going on intermediate ties and staying on the slicks. Oh, it's a shame. Right, number four. Azerbaijan podium with Perez, Vettel and Gasly after heavy crashes to Verstappen and Stroll. I thought that was a huge moment because... Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it kind of like, I don't want to say... All right, it wasn't set in stone. It was it was between Hamilton and um, Verstappen in round six. So, but yeah, it was exciting. Azerbaijan is a very exciting Grand Prix track, and I thought a podium where there's no Hamilton, no Vettel, sorry, no Hamilton, no Verstappen or Bottas, and I was I was amazed, very happy with that. And I thought that was a very iconic moment of the season as well. What did you pick for number four? So I've probably got to go with the same, yeah. to be honest, because I don't think it's as good as some of the other moments we've had this year. But it was the first sort of inkling that uh, this season was going to be a bit different because, as you say, the two title contenders pretty much, well, out, really. Neither of them scored any points. And we had that crazy... Well, crazy podium, crazy last lap, really, because we had the two tyre blowouts of, as I say, Stroll and Verstappen. And then, yeah, that, that crazy podium of Perez, Vettel and Gasly, I think it was in the end, um, in that order. So, yeah, just a crazy, crazy moment of, of what, um, not necessarily set up, but sort of showcased or sort of foreshadowed what, what was to be a, a pretty good uh, F1 season. Yeah. Now, my top three... My top three, I think, it's probably as it would be. Yeah. I don't think I regret the top three. Maybe there is an honourable mention that I do want to mention. <laughs> I'll mention that after we've done it. Right. At number three is title challenges. Lewis Hamilton and Max Stappen crashing at uh, Cops Corner during the British Grand Prix. That's number three. Where do you start with that? Where, do you start? Do you start from the start finish line with the um, water wheel racing through the turns, or do you just go straight into it? What do you think? I'd probably say you've got to start from where the battle began. I think because, as I say, it was so close up until well, and to I suppose you could say the point out cops corner because they were just wheel to wheel for the first, essentially first half of the lap or first sector certainly. Of, of the lap and yeah I mean <laughs> they just come together at, at Cops Corner um, then obviously at the end of it Hamilton goes on to win the race which could be an even bigger mode because it's, that's a 25 point difference really between the two title contenders that is huge um, a huge advantage given to Hamilton for winning the race and Verstappen not getting any um, so you could say that whole scenario as as a whole moment I suppose but if you have if you have to narrow it down, then I think yeah, it would be sort of the start to the end of the crash, or the start yeah. of the lap to the end of the crash would be because as you say, it was wheel to wheel uh, for pretty much the whole start of the race, and then got even more wheel to wheel at Cox Corner. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously the huge point, points difference at, at, um, at the end as well. Mm. Yeah. So that's my number three. What's your third, 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 be- third mm. best moment mm. of the season? I think I think I've got my top two. Okay. I've, I've definitely got my, my I've definitely got my first place. Yeah. Um, I've definitely got my second place. What are third. the What are the odds? And what are the odds that <laughs> that we got the same top two? Yeah. <laughs> Potentially, I I think we might. I think we might do. Okay. Um. Well, well, we'll have to wait and see in a minute. Um. Third. Hmm. Because I think I've got a few again going through my head. I mean, it could have been as you say the cops corner crash. Yeah. It could have been the crash between. Verstappen and Hamilton in Monza. Yeah. Th- those are the only two things going through my head. So I, f- I reckon the Monza crash. Monza, okay. Um, yeah. Just because I mean, it, it was a slightly different to the crash at, at Silverstone in that obviously both drivers were taken out, but you, you got that real sense that Verstappen just is not going to let anything go this season um, because he's <laughs> Yes, it was a it was an aggressive move, but again, Hamilton didn't leave space. Fifty fifty, you could say. It's just you got that real sense that neither of these drivers wants to give an inch to their their opponent, really. And I mean, we saw Verstappen get out of the car, walking away, not check on Hamilton because Hamilton was still was trying to reverse out <laughs> of underneath yeah. Verstappen's car. Verstappen, I mean, there was no way Verstappen could come back from that. He was on top of another car. He had no drive from the rear wheels. But the fact that Hamilton tried to keep it going and tried yeah. to stay in the race because he knows just how close this championship is and how close it was at that particular point and to an extent still is in the championship, only just a handful of points. So he knew if, if he got that car going and out of the wreckage, essentially, then he could have been in with a chance of getting a not many points from that position but a few more points which again the way this season go could just be enough to clinch the championship um so i think for that reason i think the monza crash just just edges out the the silverstone crash for me yeah only <clears> just <throat> though i don't know why i haven't put cops corner in, in the top five now <laughs> <laughs> oh well it, it might just sneak in at safe cops corner <laughs> oh yeah yeah i i do have i do have a couple of other men like honorable mentions right yeah top two top two moments of the formula one season right do you want to go first or should i go first um you you go first let's go as is you go first are you ready i'm ready let's hear it george russell has been how would right this season george russell has been um a man of how do i describe it you just don't know what comes out from him, George Russell, known as Mr. Saturday, getting into Q2, getting into, he's gotten into Q3 a few times this season, and he's got a confirmed seat at Mercedes next season, which is what we were waiting for to be confirmed. He signed a dotted line. What better way than to put George Russell in the top two, claiming a front row for Williams in Spa qualifying? There it is. I said it. That's your number two. George Russell P2. That's quite apt, I suppose. Russell P2. Sam P2. (laughs) But yeah. Um. (laughs) But yeah, I I just thought George Russell in a Williams. I I just thought 
you you can't not mention that in like as one of a moment one of the biggest moments this season like yeah i don't know what else to say what do you think yeah i mean that's that's fair enough um my second place second best moment of the year mm-hmm. i suppose to be general the hungarian grand prix as a whole oh but oh yes i suppose if i have to narrow it down ocon's win in Hungary oh yeah because it was again another completely crazy race when bottas went bowling at the start took out a few cars um yeah hamilton did climb back up to p2 but I suppose another moment to add in, into the Hungarian Grand Prix was Hamilton battling with Alonso. Brings back the McLaren to try, try get past him. The wingmanship, I suppose, that Alonso did. Yeah, exactly. But Ocon, to get his first win in a midfield car, just, yeah, brilliant, brilliant race. Crazy race. <laughs> Again, I've said that quite a lot today. Crazy um, race. Yeah, Ocon's first, Ocon's first win was my, was my second place. Yeah. And, um, yeah, well, four down, one to go. Which brings us to the best moment of a Formula One season so far. Any idea what it is? Is it what I've just said by any chance? I can't suppose to win Hungary. Or is it something completely different? Oh, no, no, no. It's something completely different. No? It's not us on here. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, no, go on. You don't know? No, really? I can't think No that. clue? <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen. Lewis Hamilton is a man of talents in Formula One. What better way than to achieve 100 Formula One Formula One wins, race wins, the most in the sports history? That's nine more than Michael Schumacher's 91. So um, it's a great it's a great achievement, isn't it? Like the only driver to get 100 race wins in Formula One. There's nothing like that. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, as you say, it's, it's nine more than Schumacher. It's a whole Valtteri Bottas career more than, than Michael <sighs> Schumacher, which is just incredible. And yeah, to get 100, yeah, as we said last week, it won't ever, ever happen again. It's just an incredible achievement by an incredible driver and, and, and an incredible man. Do you think anyone will get 100 race wins? Anyone else? No, Verstappen? no chance. No chance. <laughs> Verstappen's good, but I don't. I don't think Verstappen will reach Schumacher's record, let alone Hamilton's. And let's Vettel, not forget, Hamilton still got. Do you think Vettel will get no, a few wins under his belt? No, I think Vettel's coming. I think Vettel's got another few years in him, same as Hamilton. Um, so I think Hamilton will get potentially another 15, 20 more race wins under his belt potentially. So we could, we could be looking at 115, 120 race wins to be the new record, and yeah, no one's going to beat that, not ever in in my book. Hmm. Mm, yeah. But um, yeah, I just couldn't. I, I just thought, what better way than Lewis Hamilton one hundred? Yeah, go on, Wes. What's your What's well, your number one moment? It's of... all. It's already been mentioned by you. <laughs> it was what? your P two. It's my P one. George oh, Russell, George second Russell. place in Spa in the wet, first podium for Williams in over a decade, first. Points for Williams in, or Russell's first points for Williams? Question mark. I can't remember now. Their first double points was it? No, that was Hungary. <laughs> I'm getting confused with Hungary now. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible for an incredible driver who at that point hadn't been announced by Mercedes, if I remember rightly. No, he um, hadn't. No. 
yeah, just to see a Williams on the yes, it wasn't in great circumstances. It was a bit of a farcical race at Spa, but I would. Look, I mean, I it's would, more the it's more the qualifying, if anything, than the race yeah. because that essentially set up the so-called race. And to get P two in in a Williams for crying out loud is the second worst car on the grid. To get it P two on the front row, yes, it was in changeable conditions, but fair play for Russell for the call he made to change tyres to go out again and get P2. He had pole at one point. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Or Nor- Norris had pole at one point as well that weekend. And to only miss out by, I think it, was, it wasn't that much, but I think it was about three tenths, which I think to be fair in Formula 1 is quite a while. <laughs> um, it's, it's just a remarkable achievement to get P2 in qualifying and then obviously get P2 in the, the so-called race <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, that's my P1 for, for me. Russell P, although it wasn't a P1, it was a P2, but yeah, Russell, just George Russell. Just the whole of my top, just George Russell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, other mentions in Formula One, well, I've, I've only got one mention that I could think of, was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Valtteri Bottas pit stop in Monaco, I believe it was. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, which was the, the two day pit stop, or whatever. Yeah, two day pit stop. Yeah, <laughs> which was rather long, very long. I don't think it's, it was. Until... They couldn't get the tire off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything else you can think of? Other moments? Um, and obviously, not including my top five was yeah. the cops corner incident. Um, via yeah, that pit stop as well. Um, the McLaren golf livery. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Monaco. Beautiful. Um, car. And the, the last few laps battle in Bahrain as well between uh, Hamilton and Verstappen. On honourable mention that just they would have made my top ten. Yeah. But probably just missed out on the top five. Mm, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is bit we've come to the end of another episode of the Afterburners podcast. I've been your host, Samuel Oni. We've talked about the we've talked about the Turkish Grand Prix coming up. We've talked about how many races should be on the F1 calendar. We've also talked about fuel. And, uh, yeah, a lot a lot covered in this episode. And, uh, well, yeah, hope you've enjoyed the episode. It's a goodbye from me. Bye-bye. And goodbye from Wes. Bye-bye. And hope we'll see you soon for the Turkish Grand Prix review. Bye-bye.